all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Meow. <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Follow us Insta, Twitter for now, Facebook, <laughs> TikTok, and Twitch at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. Do all of those things. <clears throat> yes, now. In that order. Indeed. Before we continue. Yes. I would like to begin this podcast, if I may, very solemnly. I request that we all take off our hats. Put our hands over our hearts, because this is the Patriotic Podcast. Please stand for the National Anthem. Only we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars were so gallantly there, as the rockets were there. And the twilight's last gleaming, <laughs> and the rocket's glare, were so gallantly there. First stripes were all there, <laughs> and the, the rocket's were there. No, that's the best. So many things were there. So many things were there. That was from. Uh, future, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> at future music theory dr doctor um, on on TikTok. Uh, unfortunate musical moments part ninety seven. <laughs> Poor I mean, guy. <laughs> he kept like the rhythm of the song going. Yes. So and you can't see him sweat either. No, he did so, a good job at just like it'll come back to if, me. If anybody it'll wasn't really paying to attention to the lyrics, which I mean, at this point, I mean, I've been to so many sporting right. events, I've. You would have to mess it up really bad for me to notice. Like, so for the first couple times, he probably got away. And then, like, all of a sudden, just everything was there. Everything and... was there. The rockets were there. The gleaming was there. The star-spangled banner that's was there. That's when people were probably just like, nah, it was th- all th- there. I don't think that's how it goes. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I've never heard this version before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... not that it is, not that the lyrics make sense. But, and also apparently it was written by a massive racist, which no no surprise there, you well, know, I mean, it was, naturally. It was written in 1812, right. so yeah. um, I don't think there was, a, wasn't a such thing as a, a massive racist. Basically, basically. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> just thought that would be a fun way it to was. start. <laughs> That's, I mean, you did show me that the other night. Now yeah. that I've seen it twice, it was, I think it was funnier the second time. Mm-hmm. Now that I know that how when what, know it, what he's gonna fuck up, mm-hmm. like now I want to listen to how, like I want to, <laughs> like in the you know in the rockets red glare, that's like the that's the crescendo, right, goes, that's the and he, boom. And that when was they let the off, one thing his voice like, like wavered on. He no, was, his no, voice was fine. The it other wasn't times. the rockets red glare. The rockets were there. <laughs> well, no, he said both. He just kept mentioning all the same words. <laughs> they're there. They're there. They're there. And and the the person. D- uh, like put a little title on it as everything was there. Everything was there. Yes. <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. Yes. <laughs> Within one song. <laughs> which is apparently notoriously difficult to sing, which is why a lot of people Oh yes, turn it, it down. is. It is. It is not an easy song to sing. It's also not a good song. Like I just, mean, it's just okay. saying. It's just I mean it's it's there. Like at this point <laughs> it's there. Yeah. And the like, song right. is it's, still yeah. there. Like that guy actually kinda had it right. <laughs> It's there. It's there. It's there. Yeah. I thought what was cool, because I watched the NFL game in Germany last weekend, which was the first time they'd ever played a regular season game in Germany. Did they sing the German national anthem? They did, and it was kind of cool, because they went through the American anthem, and I was doing laundry Mm -hmm. and whatever, Mm -hmm. not really paying attention. Then I was like, oh, wait, what is this? Oh, it's the German anthem. I was like, this is kind of fun. I wonder what the German anthem is. I have no idea what they were saying. Because the only anthem I know is the former anthem. Uh, Well... Deutschland, Deutschland, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what's bonkers about that is that the reason I know the entire melody 
is because it was adapted as a hymn. Glorious things of yeah. thee are spoken, Zion, city of our God. Anyway. It's like Frère Jacques, Frère Jacques. <laughs> Dormez-vous, dormez-vous. Ding dong, ding, ding dong, ding. So much singing. I'm sure we have five people still listening. Right. After that national anthem and then our attempts at uh, the Nazi anthem. and <laughs> Not our <laughs> attempts. Not well, Your <laughs> attempt. <laughs> You're distancing yourself yes, from I, that. I am. <laughs> I will not be included in that. How are your bills doing? Uh, I mean, they're not doing terrible. I mean, they're six and three. So, good game last week? Uh, yeah. I mean, according to everybody else, according to everybody that's not a Bills fan. Um, but, I mean, it's a, it's a simple fix. I mean, it really is. After a couple of days of being like, okay, what's the problem? Oh, we turn the ball over like three or four times a game and only lose by three points. How is, so, how is that an easy fix? You just stop doing it. Like oh, it's that's it's all. I, well really. I, mean, I don't think they're purposefully doing it. Of course it. they're not, but it's a cultural thing. It's like in their head oh, they need okay. to, you know. A, if yeah. you think think hold the ball, you will hold the ball. Well, I mean it's it's a lot of things, but yeah, I mean it's a, If you think the minuet and G, you will yeah. play the minuet and it's G. A, it's a cultural thing to just do the basic stuff. Don't mm-hmm. turn don't turn the ball over. That's like the most basic thing you that can would, do that on, would be on a, offense. That'd be a good start. Yes, it would. And now they're under and, six feet of snow. Yes. And Seventy inches. And they are playing at Ralph Wilson's a home game in mm-hmm. Detroit because they can't, they just can't play in Buffalo. Literally cannot play. They just can't. I mean, you could if you wanted to clear the stadium, but number one, nobody's going to get there. Right. Yeah, number everyone's two, snowed in. Security, EMS, yep. EMTs, all that it's, stuff. It's irresponsible to have exactly. Those people there it, it, it's now. irresponsible mm-hmm. to have a game there. <clears throat> exactly. So yeah. they've got to focus on other things. It's 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 saying something when your weather is worse than Detroit's. It is. Because aren't they like north of certain parts of Canada? Uh, Detroit is, yeah. yeah. Canada's uh-huh. south of Detroit, yeah. which is the weirdest thing. <laughs> Buffalo uh, is not north of Canada, any part of Canada, I don't think. No, it is not. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very close, but anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've got two, uh, this is what they call get-right games. We're playing, oh. we're playing two games, two consecutive games in Detroit because we're playing the Browns, which we were supposed to play in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on Thursday, we are playing Detroit on Thanksgiving. So we're playing two straight games in Detroit. Wow. That's why why were you supposed to play Detroit twice? No, we're playing Detroit once. We're playing in Detroit twice. Oh, I thought I thought the Bills were playing Detroit. They who, are on Thursday. Who are they playing tomorrow? Cleveland. Okay. And was Detroit just like the most logistically available? Pretty much. Stadium? I mean, really, cuz mm-hmm. they're they're away this weekend <laughs> or actually I think they're on a bye. Oh, so okay. the stadium's available. Yeah, they had, they've had to they've to... had to go there before. Yeah, for Cleveland it was a bus ride. Right, it's mm-hmm. only like a three hour, and actually like it's only three hours, two hours, two and a half hours from like Buffalo to Cleveland. So kind of like so, the closest for yeah. fans to potentially get yeah. there. And they already sold like, I think they gave, I think they did uh, free tickets again this time. That's good. Which is what they, they did the last time they mm-hmm. moved that game. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. All right, then. All I know is this is the first time all season Josh Allen's been throwing in a dome. I like those odds. So I don't know. White Lightning's feeling pretty secure at this juncture. Yeah, I had to drive White Lightning today. And How did that go? I've never wanted the Bills to win a Super Bowl more. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> yes, David had to drive <clears throat> White Lightning because I needed to drive, and I am down a hand because of hand surgery on my left hand, so... Uh, I got it the just nice reminded comfy. me. It just reminded me of how fucking great I've got it. Like it really did. Well, there you like, go. Like this is, it's like you know, you guys with your, you know, Mercedes S classes and your <laughs> Audi R8s, you can't feel a fully loaded Jetta now, can you? Well, it's like how we're gonna feel when we get our sleep number bed after sleeping yeah, on that I can't, air we, mattress. We'll have to bring it with us. <laughs> like have it specially. The hotels like, will delivered. be a downgrade. Yeah. From yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anywho, so enough of us. What, <laughs> enough of our uh, yapping. What doth we be talking about? We have a listener script because we didn't get it together in time. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> so thank you all. <laughs> Forever and ever. I will make my mark. the The next episode will be my yeah. script. All right. Very good. So happy Thanksgiving to those who celebrate the very weirdness that is America. 
Um, it's the most fun holiday at this uh, point. Thanksgiving was there. Yes, it was I, there. I'm surprised he didn't yes. get to that in the song. Uh, so... And the pilgrims were there. <laughs> <laughs> And then that's when you like do the record skip. <laughs> yes, like that's that, what. Like, like, all right. Okay, no, like, you've really gone. Like, for... like, we only have like two minutes allocated for this song. <laughs> like, we're gonna just. We can't turn this into We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> we Didn't Start the Star Spangled Banner. All right, so this is from. Certainly can't turn it into a disco song. So, why don't, why don't all parties just leave? Bring the teams out and uh, let's play ball. Do you know I've been getting into disco lately? Yeah, disco. The disco's fun. You know why? Why the bass lines fuck. That's what I'm slap. saying. Yes, uh-huh. the rhythm section. And the, disco drumming is hard. Yes, it's not fucking and easy. And so is the bass playing. It's, yes, it's like beyond funk. If yeah. like you take funk and speed it up, it's tough. The amount of times they're opening and closing the hi hat, like that's, oh yes, it's uh-huh. a lot of times. Yep, and in quick succession. Yeah. What, what's that from? I don't know. Oh, you're just you're yeah. just scanning. No, nice. It's just uh yeah no disco is hard to play. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Um, unless you're the guitar player, then you're basically super. That's true. Or the keyboard player. <laughs> no, yeah. keyboards no, actually have quite true. a bit to that's do. That's true. That's percussion as uh-huh. well. <clears throat> Horns, strings, the whole bit. All right. So this is a script from Jessica G. Who oh, goes nice. by she her. Thank okay. you, Jessica. So this is the story of the 1999 South Dakota Learjet crash. Oh, I, I don't remember this. Me neither. I, however, am okay reading a plane crash script because I already finished flying this yes. last weekend. So as, we're good. As, as did I a month ago. Yes. <laughs> you know, I actually had, so I went down to Miami to see my grandpa and, um, uh, it was shockingly smooth. Everything went just fine, except for the landing of the first flight, which <laughs> the pilot did a little dun dun, like a thunk thunk mm. side to side, <laughs> and then everybody started laughing. So good. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, disperse the tension exactly. So <clears throat> from Jessica, I love all things flight and aviation, along with I'm a huge sports fan. There you go. This crash has always been interesting to me because it not only deals with flight, but also pro sports and celebrity. I'm a recent transplant. Oh, oh I think is? I know what this is. I don't. So let's before see. Before you, yeah, let me guess before you get to the. Okay, I'll let yeah. me finish the sure. intro there. Um, uh, now, I am unsure how long ago Jessica sent this, <laughs> so I'm not sure how much of this is. Contemporary, in but... The, in the past, she sent <laughs> she us She said, script. yes. She said, I'm a recent transplant to the St. Louis area. Oh, nice. And then she said, LOL, joke with host and the name of my new city. Right. <laughs> and finally decided to write a script. This story also has ties to my home, Central Florida. I think I'm pretty sure I know what this is. Okay, let me read the sources sure. real quick and then... Uh, and then, like, the... the um, the don't intro? read. Don't read. Actually, don't read the sources. Let me guess. And okay. Read the sources, sure. Because some of the sources might give it away. Okay. Sure. Is this uh, Payne Stewart? I I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I scanning guess. the script. Yes. <laughs> okay. The answer is yes. I okay. see the name right there. Yeah. Um. That's correct. Uh, so the sports league she was talking about, about. The sports league she was talking about would be the PGA. Okay. We've talked about doing this yes. one. Nice. Yeah. So see now we I do. I do remember do this. No. Okay. But this, but this kind of got wiped out because a couple months later the JFK Jr. crash happened, which we probably mentioned in the JFK Jr. Maybe. episode. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is terrible. Ninety-nine. Yeah. Okay. So sources: newspapers.com, wikipedia.org, abc.com, espn.com, chippewa.com, alumni.erau.edu. What's erau? I have no idea. East. Rochester Atlantic University. That doesn't make any sense. European something. (laughs) And ESPN documentary. Have you seen an ESPN documentary on this? I have not. There must be one, or that includes it. It makes sense that there would be. Yeah. Because he was the, uh, when this plane crash happened, Mm -hmm. he was the defending uh, US Open champ, which he Mm. didn't get to defend his title because Mm. he was deceased. He was defenseless, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. On October 25th, 1999, 
Four passengers and two crew got aboard Learjet 35 number N47BA, operated by Sunjet Aviation, for what was thought to be a two-day, five-flight trip. Host note, it was hard to find a lot of information on crew, and most passengers wanted to honor all the best I can. That's hard sure. with celebrity. celebrity. Yeah. What was the date again? October 25th, 99. So that was after JFK. I thought this happened in the spring. That's right. He died in the summer, didn't he? Yeah, he died in, like, July. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just kind of overshadowed in terms still of, like, everyone it, was guess, still... Well, because remember, they were missing. The That's plane right, was because missing. because 99, because he won... <clears throat> They'll probably get into that. Mm -hmm. If they don't, I'll fill in the blanks. But I, I don't want to... Okay. Yeah. I do appreciate, Jessica, that you're trying to be like, hey, other people died, not just the one celebrity. Yeah. It is hard because a lot of times it will get overshadowed. Mm -hmm. Especially, I mean, he wasn't... For the golf world, he was a big uh -huh. celebrity. But not like like when he was kind of well, he was kind of in popular culture as well because he had a signature outfit that he always wore. Oh, I think I think she gets yeah. into that. I yeah. think she gets into that. Okay, so prelude before all the bad shit. History of the passengers and crew. The captain aboard Learjet thirty five was Michael Kling, forty three, was a native of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and graduated from Air Force Flight School. He spent 14 years in the Air Force and retired as a major. He later became a private pilot and ran a church ministry for inner city kids in Orlando. He had over 4,280 hours of flight time, both military and civilian. Co-pilot was Stephanie Belagurig. Maybe you can help me. It looks a little French. I wonder if you've seen... Belagurig? Yeah, I'm, that's a that's a long one. Yeah, sorry, Stephanie. A lot, a lot of consonants in that one. Bella Greek, maybe. 27. <clears throat> she was born in El Salvador. She moved to Maryland before settling in Florida. Wow. She learned to fly at Embry-Riddle. Oh, maybe that's what E-R-A-U is. Um, anyway, Embry-Riddle and taught flying lessons in Kissimmee before joining Sunset. Fun fact. Disney World, not in Orlando. It's in Kissimmee. It is. Mm-hmm. Probably a fun fact everybody knew, but still. <laughs> she had 1,752 hours of flight time. 251 hours was accumulated at Sunjet Aviation. Sunjet Aviation sounds like one of those little, you know... One of those little regional mm -hmm. shady carriers. A little bit. Yeah. Like, um, what was the one that we did the episode for, like, literally near the beginning? The, the jet that crashed in the Everglades, or, like, near the Everglades? Price... Value jet. Value, value jet. jet. Okay. That's what it reminds me of. <clears throat> Do you remember that we did that? We did it, but we never released we it. We never that's released our, it. That's why I was like, what? It's an unreleased episode. Yeah, yeah we need to read. Because that's a that's a major. Sure. You did the research on I it. I did. So, redo it. That's probably why I got lost. <laughs> no, I think we were just too early in the process and we. No, that was when we lost the audio for. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Jeez. It's, it's on the old computer, which I don't even think we have anymore. Yeah, we do. Do we? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's on it's there somewhere. There. If it still works, I don't know. <laughs> Robert Fraley, 46, was a former Alabama QB who would go on to be a well-known sports agent. Did, do you, have you heard of Robert Fraley? Mm -mm. Or Fraley, maybe? <clears throat> Among his There's clients... a lot of those guys, though, but... Oh, I mean, yeah. Among his clients included Bill Cower. know who that is. Dan Reeves. NC State alum, Bill Cower. <clears throat> I didn't uh, know that. Raleigh resident. He lives here. Bill Coward does? Yes, he was a Kane season ticket holder. Huh. You see him at Hurricanes games occasionally. I know him. Yeah. Have you seen him at Hurricanes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like in person? Uh, like or Not, not up close, but like on oh, the Jumbotron. Okay. Oh, like, I gotcha. Like I he's gotcha. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dan Reeves? Do you know who Dan yeah, Reeves is? Yeah, he was a coach for the Broncos and the Falcons. Okay. Joe Gibbs? Yeah, also a coach. Redskins. Uh, Former. Correct. Former. Former. That word. Former. Uh. Football team. Oh, the yeah. former, now current Guardians of the Galaxy? Commanders. Commanders of the When Galaxy. he was the coach of Washington. That's, yes, that's uh -huh. what they were I called. understand. Bill Parcells, I know that yeah. name. That's Giants, a Florida name. Giants, Jets, and Patriots. Did he not also coach college? He might have, not that I'm aware of. Well, why he I made his name as a pro coach. I Maybe I only know his name because of. Oh, and Cowboys. He coached the fucking Cowboys really? for two or three seasons, too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's right. And Payne Stewart. Yep. Okay. Uh, Our uh, subject. Yes. Well, one of the, these all are the mm -hmm. subject. Van Arden was born October 22nd, 1954. He was president of Leader Enterprises Incorporated in Orlando, 
based sports management and marketing company. He was a husband and father of four. Bruce Borland was born November 4th, 1954, literally almost the exact age as Van Arden, in Peoria, Illinois. In 1989, after obtaining his degree in landscape design, Borland opened his own design firm, Pro Design Design and Golf Courses. That's pretty cool. A year later, he was offered a design position with Golden Bear International, working with Jack Nicklaus to design his signature golf courses. That sounds like a good gig if you can get it. He's got plenty of them. He's made uh-huh. hundreds of millions of dollars designing courses. That like that's what Nicholas. Oh yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, he doesn't really design. He probably is like the tester. No, I think for the most part he does. Like he's pretty involved even at this age. Yeah. Like that's just it's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. The most notable name on this Learjet flight was that of professional golfer Payne Stewart. Stewart was born William Payne Stewart on January 30th, 1957. So he was 42. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In his career, he won 11 major championships, including three major championships. His last coming just his last coming just a couple months before his death in June of 1999, when Stewart sank a 15 foot putt on the final hole, edging past Phil Mickelson, Vinjay Singh and Tiger Woods. Well, it was it was actually Phil Mickelson he beat in the playoff because I was watching that when it happened um, to win the U.S. Open. But, playoff uh, won in a playoff. What yeah, they, him and Phil Mickelson t- at the end of the tournament mm. were in a tie, and for the U.S. Open, <laughs> it's a sudden death, so you can oh. you can win on the first hole. Oh wow! In, okay, in so you start a new yep. game. Start a whole new game. Wow! Yep. And whoever goes ahead, pulls ahead if at any point. If you're tied the whole time, you're tied the whole time. It's sudden. It's whoever gets the. Wow! So, but he did it on the very first <clears throat> hole. Okay. Put it away quick, but it was at that time Mickelson had never won a major, and he was like one of the up and coming oh. golfers at the time. Okay. This was before he sold out to Saudi Arabia. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Way before. Yikes. It's even it, and I say selling out <laughs> to Saudi Arabia cuz he he knows what they do and what they've done and he's like but, but the, hey, who cares the money's good. But they gave me 100 million dollars. What am I going to do say no? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. That's what you do. You say no. No. Phil. Jesus Christ. Um it's funny. Anyway. I, I didn't know there was playoffs in golf, so I'm I was sure. like, playoffs? playoffs? <laughs> what, that, that, there's no playoffs. Stewart was also known for his flamboyant dress style. Mm-hmm. Often wearing loud colors, ivy caps, and patterned pants. A throwback to the once golf uniform. That's what I I, I pictured well, as like the old fashioned. It was like, it, yeah. was a, it was like a 50s, 60s, 70s throwback. Mm-hmm. That era. Where the, the pants were fucking goofy. The shirts were goofy. The socks went all the way well, up he, the calves. Well, he wore uh, he wore knickers. That that was his. Oh, that okay. was his style. Wow. And then after a while, he got sponsored by the NFL, so huh. he would wear different colors of different oh, NFL teams? teams. Oh, that's funny. Wherever, like whatever closest course he was playing. So he's kind of a a character a, a little bit, bit. A bit, but he was also a really good golfer. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. but he had that. Like he was noticeable. Like, like who, when you when you saw him on TV, like right. that's Payne Stewart. Like who is the the Bills player that you saw in Kansas City who you didn't even realize who he was at first because you were so mesmerized by his suit? Oh uh, well, <laughs> Stefan Diggs like walked <laughs> okay. right past me because I was looking at Von Miller's. Oh, pants. that's right. <laughs> I'll have to put that picture up because what color was it again? Uh, like a goldish, yellowish, purplish. Like I. <laughs> I, like, was considering, like, for, like, five seconds, I was like, am I having an acid flashback? <laughs> what the fuck is going on with those pants? Yeah, you should then, post the Von Miller thing. Yeah, and then people were like, like, oh, that was so cool to see Stefan Diggs. And I was like, where did you see him? They were like, he just walked past you. I was like, I was too busy looking at Von Miller's but, pants. But in the picture, yep, yeah, there, right there, there he is. <laughs> Didn't even notice him. That's so funny. On October 25th, 1999... The plane and Sunjet crew were embarking on a two-day journey that would take them on five flights. First visiting Dallas, Texas, where Payne was planning to build slash design a course in Frisco, Texas. From there, there, the four passengers would head to Houston for the PGA season-ending tour championship. Uh, Do they do a... 
<laughs> the PGA season ending tour championship. I don't understand. It's, it's also, basically, sure it, it sounds like I'm not positive what they mean by that language, mm-hmm. but it sounds like to me, it's like the last event of the PGA season. Okay. Like what closes the, yep. what is the PGA season? I guess it ends in the it's fall. It's pretty much, I think they do a Spring tournament every week, every weekend, but, but the, the major players play certain times. I and... guess I mean, what is golf season? All year round. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, some league is playing somewhere always. Well, that's true because they have golf courses in like places Everywhere. that don't snow. Yeah. Uh, pick a, a nice exotic location on Earth yeah. and guess what it's got? A golf course. At, at least one. And some not so exotic places. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pebble Beach is a well-known one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. St. Andrews is another one. Mm-hmm. That's the literally the original golf course and all of golf course mm-hmm. all of go- golf, golf courses. <laughs> I don't think I could name another golf course. Uh, Nights you probably play could. down the road. <laughs> Augusta. Oh, that's true, Augusta. That's where the major Masters. Masters. Though <laughs> well, the Masters is a major, so you're with the horrible correct. jacket. Yeah, the green the jacket. Ugly jacket. Yeah. Yes. They're like, let's pick the most repulsive shade of green yeah. and have everybody. Well, it up. became repulsive because people got <laughs> color TVs. <laughs> Like, you know, back it in the day. It showed up really well yeah. in black and yeah, white. Yeah, back in the day, like, nobody knew any better. And it's not a repulsive color. It's a repulsive color for a jacket for humans. And it's just, like, the wrong green. It's the wrong shade of green. Yeah. It's like the NFL Hall of Fame ugly putty Mustard color. Mustard sweaters. They're, jackets. like, they're too close to, like, a weird flesh tone. Yeah. It's just not good. It's like a bad mix of gold, mustard, and... Flesh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so from, uh, all right, at 9.19 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Sunjet plane left Orlando International Airport headed for Love Field in Dallas, Texas. The plane left with 5,300 pounds, or 2,400 kilograms, of Jet A jet fuel, enough for four hours and 45 minutes of flight. That does seem sufficient to get from Orlando to Dallas. That doesn't Mm -hmm. seem that bad. At 9.27 Eastern Standard Time, the pilot of the Learjet flight acknowledged an order from Jacksonville Air Traffic Control, your favorite city. Beautiful yes, Jacksonville. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, 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 saw a, I saw a pro coach's last victory there. <laughs> Couldn't have happened to a nicer liar. Couldn't, could not have. <laughs> Look up who that was in 2021. Uh, Urban Liar. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Jacksonville 2021. Ur- <laughs> Urban Meyer. So an order from Jacksonville Air Traffic to uh, Air Traffic Control to climb to 39,000 feet or 11,900 meters. This is the last time the flight was heard from as the plane was passing 23,000 feet or 7,000 meters. An attempt to reach the crew six minutes later or only 14 minutes after takeoff was not acknowledged. While the aircraft was at an altitude of 36,500 feet, or 11,110 meters, the air traffic controllers went on to try to raise the plane five more times in the next four and a half minutes. That mm, must be what you so don't scary. want to happen as an air traffic controller. Like, Just not get a response. There's nothing. Yeah, that would be like, would worst be like, case scenario. That would be like, okay, here's where the training is really going to kick in. Like, we've likely got a down plane. Or I suppose there could be a communication issue. That's what you're fucking hoping uh, yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. But you've commuted, you've tried and tried and tried and tried up to mm-hmm. this point. So Yeah. At ten fifty four Eastern Standard Time, Colonel Olson and uh, editor's note, I have also seen it was a pilot named Hamilton, also out of Eglin in an F sixteen. Okay, so there's a little bit of sources may differ on who this person was. So, Colonel Olson, or possibly Hamilton, an F-16 test pilot who happened to be in the air at the time out of Eglin Air Force Force Base, was instructed by air traffic controllers to intercept the plane. Mm -hmm. That's true, because it's also a security issue. Probably instructed to get a visual. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. It was last seen in this area. Can you... Remember the ghost plane? Oh, of course. They have fighter pilots. Yeah. And we learned after 9-11 that there are Mm -hmm. regions Mm -hmm. of the United States that certain military have air air power over yes it's cut aerospace uh jurisdiction right it's cut into like seven or eight different sections Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. in case of a situation like this hey is there a military plane in the sky because if there is yep they're in this airspace they can go just (coughs) yep this was the last known location. See if you can mm-hmm. get a visual. Or if they're not, then they ha- they know yeah. which Air Force base to get, send somebody out See if you can pick up a 
Beacon something. Yeah. Yeah, and, and these guys are military, so they, oh, yeah. they know what they're looking for. And they're they're in fighter jets. They yeah. can break the sound barrier. Yeah, they can so. go like, oh, you need me to go a thousand miles away? I'll be there in like ten seconds. Right. <laughs> uh, so the fighter jet got within two thousand feet or six hundred meters of the jet at an altitude of forty six thousand feet. That's, that's really, really high. high for this 14, kind of fourteen thousand one hundred meters. Yeah. For that's, this kind of it's plane. It's a weird jet. Yeah. I don't think they're supposed to be going that high. Well, no, they were supposed to go 36, or wait, right. uh, 39,000. Yeah, so they were 7,000. Yeah, that's really high. Yeah, that's what like jet jets are supposed to go right. up that high. He also attempted to make, oh, before we get to this, can you can you think of a song that mentions a Learjet? Uh, I, I can. <laughs> Is it Steve Miller Band? No, you got the right era. What? Uh, Pink Floyd money. Yes. Yeah. I think I need a legit. Indeed. Um, One of the weirdest bass lines ever. It's, the bass line is not weird. The time signature is weird. Well, it right. That's what, seven, that's, four time. that's what I mean. Yes. It's a great bass line, actually. It is. Memorable, for sure. It is. Yeah, it's easy to play, too. Yeah, it's nice. That's why I just remembered it. <laughs> All right, so... He, the fighter jet, or the fighter pilot, also attempted to make two radio calls to the Learjet with no response. Oh. Yeah, that's... When making a visual inspection of the jet, Olsen noted the front cockpit window looked Mm. opaque. As if condensation or ice covered Mm -hmm. the inside. Well, they're so fucking high. He could not see inside the passenger cabin due to the windows seeming dark. This feels like a ghost plane almost situation. Yeah, kind of basically is well maybe air traffic control powerless to get in contact with the jet had the f-16 trail the jet and clear the flight path to make sure no other plane was in danger of this out of control aircraft that is a big concern yes yeah everybody's on alert saying Uh stay out of this area yep because we don't know what's going on rerouted to yep but we do not want a uh mid-air collision for sure almost Three hours into the... Okay, so they lost communication like 14 minutes That's in. Crazy. Like, I can't even imagine. Three hours into the flight, two F-16s out of Oklahoma Air National Guard were directed by the Minneapolis Air Traffic Control Center to intercept the f- flight and replace the fighter jet out of Florida, still more or less escorting this ghost flight. Ah, uh-huh, you're uh, right. yeah. The fighter jets also confirmed that there was no movement in the plane and the windshield seemed dark and possibly iced over. Well, this is so high up. Yep. And if there's like a lack of oxygen, ugh. They reported, quote, we're not seeing anything inside. Could be just a dark cockpit, though. He is not reacting, moving, or anything like that. He should have, he should be able to have seen us by now. End quote, yeah. They're like... Uh, I think these guys know what's going on. They're like, they're like, uh, uh, uh. they're like, this is the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we need to figure out what to do from here. Yikes. Because they're not responding because they're not responding. At 1237 Eastern time, the two fire, two fighters left to go refuel. The plane was now at 48,900 feet, 9.3 miles or 14.9 kilometers. Jeez. At 12.50 Eastern Time, two F-16s from North Dakota Air National Guard were directed to intercept the Learjet. Yeah, I'm like, how is this? 14 minutes into the flight, they lose contact. How is this thing getting to South Dakota? Oh, remember (laughs) it had four and a half hours worth of fuel. It did have a lot of fuel. But it was supposed to be going to Dallas, which is everybody's concern. (laughs) But it's probably, it probably went into autopilot and it's just been a dead stick for three and a half hours. Yeah. Just sort of going in one general yep. direction, like northwest. Wherever he last left uh, off. The two Oklahoma and G fighters returned from their refuel, and all four F-16s accompanied the jet sure. on its flight. Because now they're at, now they're at the conclusion it's going to run out of fuel. If it starts mm-hmm. to go down over a populated area, we just got to shoot it out of the sky because these people are already dead. That's that's well, what they're. No. You have to be careful where you shoot it out of the sky because it'll go down too. But they will be able to calculate. They can calculate where it is. And they'll be able to shoot it down at like 20,000 feet where it's not going to. Can you imagine being the person making the calculations of, okay, shoot them down here? I can't. But it's, you know, somebody's job. But it's necessary. It is. 
This accident is different in that CNN learned of the F-16 escort and that a PGA golfer was on the doomed flight while it was still mm. in the air. Breaking news reports of a flying of a plane flying in distress, morbidly waiting for it to run out of fuel and fall out of the sky, yep. and mixed reporters on exactly which golfer was on board. Since so many golfers live in Orlando and the big tournament was in Texas, it took some time before media sources could confirm it was Stewart's plane. Many of his friends, family, caddy, and fellow yeah. PGA players learned that he was on the plane and that it was doomed to crash before it even hit the ground. That would suck. Well, it would suck to know he's on there. Yes. And there's nothing you can do. Like, it's it's over. Like, like. And it's, But it's not over yet. Like it's how how are the, how is it gonna go out? Like are they gonna shoot him down or is he gonna land over a field and they're yeah. like let it let it crash? I guess South or the Dakotas is like a it's pretty barren place. It's pretty good, pretty yeah. good place to be. Like, There's a lot more open space than Orlando, for example. Yeah. yeah. At one ten, horrible. Yeah, and forty one seconds Eastern time, the plane engines could be heard on the CVR, flaming out. The sounds of a of stick shaker, so the device that violently bri- vibrates the yoke of a plane to warn pilots of imminent stall, has been detected, and disconnection of the autopilot are audible. The autopilot would have attempted to maintain altitude, causing the plane's airspeed to drop until it approached stall speed, at which point the stick shaker would have began shaking. At 1.11 and 1 second Eastern time, the Learjet began to turn right. The F-16s from the North Dakota ANG remained to the west while the Oklahoma ANG pi- pilot followed the jet down. At 1.11 and 26 seconds Eastern, the North Dakota ANG pilot reported, and this is all in caps, trigger warning if there hasn't been one already, quote, target is descending and he is doing multiple aileron rolls, which is a 360 roll wing over wing. Looks like he's out of control. In severe descent, request an emergency descent to follow tra- target. End sure. quote. The Oklahoma pilot reported, quote, it's too soon to impact the ground. It's, sorry, it's soon to impact the ground. He is in a descending spiral. End quote. You know what? The only good thing is it sure sounds like not a single person on board is conscious. Nope. Thank fucking Christ. Uh, yes. Yes. Exactly. No, no, nobody was on board conscious for a long time here's hoping i mean i think that's what we're gonna find out but the plane crashed at 113 eastern time after three hours and 54 minutes in the air and like three hours and 40 minutes of no communication after hitting the ground at nearly supersonic speed oh my god nothing left of anything the plane fell eight miles and left a crater in the earth that was 40 feet or 12.19 meters wide 30 feet or 9.14 meters long and 10 feet deep. That is crazy. Massive. I mean, it was, it was basically like an asteroid, but it just wasn't, it didn't have the, mm-hmm. didn't have the force of coming from outer space from 4 billion years ago. Right. <laughs> exactly. It just fell eight miles from the sky right into the fucking earth. It crashed just out of Minas, South Dakota. It flew over 1,500 miles or 2,400 kilometers. I don't know. Do, do they have pictures with the script at all? No. It's okay if they don't, mm-hmm. but now it's jogging my memory. Uh, I remember seeing, like, on CNN or uh-huh, even on, like, yeah. ESPN, like, mm-hmm. the, like, they had, like, the log of what the flight took, and it yep. was just this crazy, and then back and forth. Well, because... Like, nothing, did a loop, yeah. like, did a loop at one point, mm-hmm. and, like, it, it, the thing was just out of control almost from the get-go mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just sure it's like just it. fucking sad it is. it is for everyone involved yes absolutely i i cannot imagine the horror of the families having to follow this all in real time you know it's horrific that is horrific that because it's already over for everybody on board most likely it's sounding like it yeah. the suffering happens to the people that that know it's over but again it's not over jesus 
(sighs) While the plane was flying with no course or ability to control it, officials were making decisions about possible scenarios of where it would go. Some rumors state that the F-16s trailing the jets were given the go-ahead to shoot down if it were to be approaching a popular area, a populated area near the time when the fuel was to run out. Yeah, of course. That's just practical. It's just practical. The Pentagon strongly denied these accusations. Whatever. Like, don't, don't. It doesn't even I don't, matter. It's, well, to me, it sounds like uh, public safety. Yes, I would not feel like that's un, untoward or anything. Like, no. Even if there is the slimmest chance that these four people are alive, they could potentially kill hundreds of people, so you do the math. And public health and safety is all about numbers. Yeah. Unfortunately. It yeah. Unfortunately, it has to be that way. But Canada had its own opinions on the jet. Canadian Prime Minister Jean Chrétien? Is that correct? Do you remember? Don't remember him. Can you name all the Canadian prime ministers? Not all of them. Uh, when I was a kid, Brian Mulroney was the prime minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, what's his name for like the past? Trudeau. Trudeau for Justin like Trudeau. five or six years, mm-hmm. something like that. Anyway, then Canadian prime minister, the, those, John. Those people. Yes. <laughs> authorized the Royal Canadian Air Force to shoot down the plane if it entered Canadian airspace without sure. making contact. Yes. That's actually like a potential sign of aggression. So depending. And I'm sure they were in contact with the United States being like, hey, like, mm-hmm. is this. Do we need to worry about this? About? Yeah. And are your fighter jets going to cross the border? Because that's yeah. a whole other thing. He wrote in his... Yeah, we don't want to have an international incident, but at the same time, we trust that you'll give us the goods, because we've been good friends for a while. Like, we we rely on each other. Come on! (laughs) He wrote in his 2018 memoir, quote, The plane was heading toward Winnipeg, and the traffic controllers feared it would crash in Manitoba's capital. I was asked to give permission for the military to bring down the plane if that became necessary. With a heavy heart, I authorized the procedure. Shortly after I made my decision, I learned that the plane had crashed. So he's like, well, that's a kind of a load a off. load off, but... But it still sucks, like, for... That's the shit about, like, being someone in charge. Like, sometimes you are making the shit decisions like that. And it's like, yep. That's why I don't want to be in charge. Yeah, right? When asked about... S- send me out into the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the one right? sending... When asked about Stewart, he said he was, quote, an excellent golfer whom I knew and liked very much. Unquote. Yeah, I mean, all accounts seemed like he was a pretty good, like a, a pretty cool chill dude. dude. Mm-hmm. Like, because he was kind of, you know, flamboyant, you know. And, Sounds like he was a little bit of a character, you yeah. You know, flamboyant people, for the most part, like, especially in sports. Charismatic. Tend to friends, be, like, yeah. people. People, people, persons, people. Person peoples. <laughs> person peoples. So the airplane was not equipped with a flight data recorder, but there was a cockpit voice recorder mentioned earlier, but it only recorded the last 30 minutes of the flight. Mm. Since the plane traveled for almost four hours, no useful information was able to be obtained. Like, so they couldn't tell like when people stopped talking on the plane. The NTSB determined that the probable cause of this accident was incapacitation of the flight crew members as a result of their failure to retrieve supplemental oxygen following a loss of cabin pressurization for undetermined reasons. So basically the, sounds like the... Mass came down, they couldn't get them on for some some reason. For some reason. Maybe they came too late, deployed too late. Um, Or maybe whatever was happening was so overwhelming that... There was some version of cabin pressure loss that basically everyone just passed out and then died. Well, I'm sure it doesn't take much. Yeah. Like, especially at a certain altitude. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they were almost fifty thousand feet in the air. That's well, fucking high. But they likely lost cabin pressure way before that. That's true. Still, That's true. But even, yes. even if you're ten thousand feet in the air, there's a reason cabins need to pressurize. Yes, yes there yes. is. So that you can Man. get through the atmosphere. <laughs> it's it's scary. Yes. In regards to why the crew did not receive supplemental oxygen. The NTSB added that oxygen bottles were found in the open position in the wreckage. However, both crews' oxygen masks and receptacles were found in the wreck, indicating the pilots had access to adequate supplemental oxygen. I'm hmm. I'm astonished that they found anything in the wreck. I right, would have thought that this like, thing would have. That's what I would have figured would have happened. As to the failure of the pilots not receiving the supplemental oxygen. One cause could be hypoxia effect on the pilot decision-making that led them to not use the supplemental oxygen. Yeah, if you're 
If you're oxygen deprived, you're not making rash decisions. You can't. Wasn't that the same functioning. thing that happened to JFK Jr.? Allegedly, allegedly. Oh my goodness. I think it oh. was because they got confused no, of no, where they were in the air. No, that was spatial orientation. Oh, you're right. They you're didn't correct. run out of oxygen. They didn't know where they were. That's they, correct. They didn't realize they were upside down when they were. Which is just nuts. It's wild. If I was a passenger on a plane. And I was all of a sudden upside down. I would know I was upside down. I feel like my hair would go. (laughs) God knows. But (laughs) like, hey, um, whoever's controlling, like I'm upside down. You know, it's easy to say that. Yeah. Right. uh, Well, at that point, it's uh, no. Mm. Is this, this is that's particle board. It's close enough. Knock on wood particles. (laughs) Knock on particle. Yeah, there's wood in there somewhere. Mm. A grain of it. All right. So, uh, so the hypoxia maybe led to them not using the supplemental oxygen to get the plane at a safer altitude. Yeah, I mean, if your brain is losing oxygen, oh, yeah. you don't have much of a chance for anything at all. You're pro- you probably, for a hot second, feel like you're... Th- like, this imagine... Is, it's, like, it's like, this like, isn't... Laugh, like, this is strange. Even, like, and then, if you've ever been under twilight sedation or laughing gas or whatever, like, you're not able to... F- no, you're done. Mentally function. Yeah. Yeah, no, you are not making decisions at that point. And this is like out of the blue, too. Like you don't you're not realizing this is happening. As to why the cabin of the plane depressurized, the NTSB could not determine the exact cause. Sure. Not ruling out rapid or gradual depressurization, a non-visible breach in the fuselage or seal failure could have been gradual, explosive, or rapid. Sure. So it could have happened like without them realizing it until it was too late? Because if you're just slowly losing your brain function, like, you're not realizing it. Here's what we do know. From the time they tried to reach the plane, there was nobody to talk to. It was like eight minutes or something. Or, like six uh, minutes they talked into them, and 14 minutes yeah. they couldn't reach them. Yeah. Something like that. So that's kind I of the... That that's, right there. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the marker of, okay, we've got a problem. and But they... I my guess mm, total speculation because even the NTSB didn't know. It seems like it happened relatively quick. That's what I that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm hoping, and that's that's also yeah. that's also logically kind of what it sounds like. It does sound like that because they went off course almost immediately, yeah. which is why air traffic mm-hmm. control was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. what's up?" Like, "Hey guys, yeah, guys, this is the hey not- guys." This is not Hello, the uh, this is not the flight plan you filed with no. us. No, and then it'd be like, uh oh, like well, we're gonna need to start calling the air force at some point. Oh god, that'd be I horrible. Can't, I can't imagine being that person in air. Well, and you know what? You're the first person to realize. Uh oh. You know what? Breaking Bad did a great yes! job of yes, it did in season putting two. somebody in that, sh- mm-hmm. but putting somebody in the shoes of somebody that caused an accident, not that reported one. My god, that season was wild. Spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert for, let's see, that would have been like 2008 or 9. Yes. (laughs) Which was 13 years ago. (laughs) Anyway. Oh my God. On to real tragic events. Yeah. Television show ones. Research has shown eight seconds, eight seconds without supplemental oxygen following depressurization around 30,000 feet or 9,100 meters may cause a drop in oxygen saturation that could severely impair cognitive functions and time to complete tasks. Eight seconds. I don't doubt that at all. You're not under... You don't... I don't doubt that at all. You could not perceive that eight seconds in that eight seconds that you were incapacitated. Nobody can... Nobody walking around as a fully functional human being can Mm -hmm. comprehend it because we've never lost... Exactly. uh, blood flow to our brain for eight seconds. None, none of us have... Oxygen. Like, right. life-required oxygen. Yeah. You and I have never experienced that. Because if we had, guess where we'd be? Like Six feet under. <laughs> or in a home somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yes, that's true. People with brain damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean... Jesus. Oh, my God. The NTSB also found the plane in question had multiple maintenance work related to cabin pressure. Hmm. The NTSB was unable to determine if it was due to a common problem because even though maintenance records were documented, pilot discrepancy reports that prompted them or the frequency of such reports were not documented. NTSB criticized Sunjet Aviation for not documenting these things in that it made problems harder to identify, track, and resolve, as well as the plane being allowed to fly while having an unauthorized maintenance referral for cabin pressure. Mm. 
So there's two things here. Yes, that's horrible. And that's, no, you can't operate like that. Nope. Two, the flip the flip side of that coin. No maintenance worker had to deal with the guilt of well, I don't know. Whoever was the last person uh, who did the maintenance on that. Of course they did. Jesus. Okay, so there's no like, flip side. Because they were horrible. like because they were like, I worked on that. Mm-hmm. I just worked on that plane. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're like, then they're probably like, what the fuck did, what did I do wrong? And they're probably like, I can never say anything. Well, I mean, I'm sure they had to give their statement or they had to have, because the first place you're going to look is, okay, what was the last maintenance Mm. done on this plane? That's the first place that the NTSB is going to look. Yeah. Like, but there weren't sufficient, there weren't adequate records. Like, did you follow procedure or, but they're going to come knocking on their door and they, and I'm sure they, I hope they did everything right, but yeah, that's true. As well, like the ground crew, I'm sure is feeling the guilt as well, because you know what planes you work on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you you know, know where, where it's you, you know where it's going. Yeah. You know, you know You're where like, it just came from. Shit, I was in Orlando working that day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that's yeah. Uh, Stewart was remembered at the tour championship with a lone bagpiper playing at the first hole, prior to the beginning of to the first day of play. That's really sweet, mm-hmm. actually. A memorial was created with approval of the victims' families on the site of the crash in South Dakota. That, that's nice. It is on one acre of land, or 4,000 square meters, and at its center is a rock pulled from the site inscribed with the names and a Bible passage. The 2000 U.S. Open held at Pebble Beach, which is the last major pain one in June of 99, began with a golf version of a 21-gun salute. 21 of his fellow players simultaneously hit balls into the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. That is fucking precious. That's really sweet. That's really fucking sweet. And that was the story of the 1999 South Dakota Learjet crash. Sorry, no pictures. Please look up the crash on Google. Love, ABT. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, thank very you much so much, Jessica. That was very sweet. And well done. We had been meaning to do that one. That one was on our list. Not something I had thought about in forever. Mm-hmm. But the more and more we started to talk about it, like it kicked in. You knew what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The well, certain details kicked in. Mm-hmm. Like, um, by the way, at that 2000 ceremony mm-hmm. when all the golfers lined up to hit oh, a ball. Oh, did you see it? Yes. Oh. You know who did not participate? Phil Mickelson. No. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who was the biggest golfer in the world Woods? in the year 2000? Tiger Woods. Why did he not? Because he said he had already dealt with it and he wanted to focus on the tournament. Which mm. that's, But that was just okay. how he... Nobody was surprised by that. And he did go on to win it. That was, by the way, the first tournament that he would win of the four straight he would oh, win. Oh, okay. Which, that has only been done twice. That's... I mean, that's... In... Meaning he won four straight majors. I'm no, sorry. I gotcha. Yeah. That's how... You achieve some of that greatness is at the cost. You have to turn of off the rest of the world. Being a little bit of an asshole. Yep. And that's a little bit of an asshole move. It is. That's why I got brought up. Like that's why. It's... Mm-hmm. Because at the time mm-hmm. he's uh, twenty three or twenty two years old, and it's like, who's this guy? But wasn't like... he also like emotionally abused by his dad? Basically, wasn't his dad like, "You're gonna be a fucking champ, and I don't give a shit what else happens." Well, I mean that came through. I mean, that happened. Like, he did become, like, easily one of the two or three greatest golfers ever. Yes. But But, at what cost? Well, that's, I think that's the cost. I mean. At the cost of Elin Nordegren, I'll tell you that. Wasn't that her name? Yes. She she did pretty well in the long run. Yeah, she got some money out of it. Absolutely. (laughs) Did she deserve it? Yes, every penny. (laughs) She's doing all right. Good. (laughs) She should. I I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh. But anyway, but that was just like I, I don't know why I was bringing up Tiger Woods yeah, being a uh, being called out for that, but that's mm-hmm. but that was a controversy at that time. It goes both ways, right? Like, oh. like if you're the way we worship sports stars and like yeah. famous athletes, what else do we expect? That's how they do that shit. They're not wonderful but the, but the, people. But the contrast is, shit. but the contrast is like. It, they those type of people are the kind of few and far between. Most of the guys are like just normal dudes or whatever, and like for the most part, kind of cool. But you do. Mm, they got a lot of money. People That's true. With a lot of money are not normal cool dudes. Well, it, well it, I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't Mm-mm. know. You're you're correct. Mm-mm. I'll put it. I'll I'll give this caveat. In my experience, like having met 
several professional athletes, they've always, I've never had a bad experience. Sure. Because, yeah, in a casual, hey, cool. If you dig into the ethics of it, it gets oh, yeah, really of, of fucked course. up really fast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's undeniable. I would love it. Maybe I should meet someone with a ton of money, like somebody super famous, and yes. just be like, hi, you're unethical. Well, see, for me... You're like, the problem. I, I think it's easier for me to, and easier for professional athletes with a lot of money to still be a little bit grounded because you had to because you could be anybody coming from anywhere and just having this talent whereas uh, anyway i think my thesis is money is bad for people that level of money is bad for people it's not great anyway um thank you jessica that was great well it was a great script it was not a great story because we don't tell good stories on this podcast um uh, real quick before I forget, we actually have, so we're recording this on Saturday the 19th, November 19th, um, 2022, in case anyone's listening like six years. Yeah. Um, and today, so I told you there was some late breaking Raleigh, yeah, bad yeah. disaster news. The city of Raleigh had its Christmas parade today. Oh yeah. I did hear about this. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And uh, a truck that was pulling a float, apparently the driver somehow lost control of the truck, and it hit, it hit and killed uh, likely a teenage oh, girl. Oh, did die. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. The driver has been arrested and is being held on bond, although from what I saw, they were like honking, trying to let people know that something had... My, this is total speculation. I'm sure we'll find out in the days to come what exactly happened. My guess is like the truck wasn't really like graded to haul what it was hauling. It was on a decline. Something horrible happened. The driver was 20. Yeah. 20 years old. And the kid was likely, like they were, I saw a quote from um, my friend Kelly was showing me this when, when I was hanging out with her today um, from the News and Observer that like, one of her, or one of the kid, I actually don't know if it was a girl or not, one of the cla- uh, the dance mates of this troupe um, was 14, so it was likely somebody that age. So yeah, that's literally cool. two children, basically. I mean, because I get 20 is not a child, but it feels like a child. Yeah, you're it does. Almost 40. So, yeah, that is horrific, and I sure fucking hope, I mean, honestly, I hope that the 20 year old finds some version of peace because that's horrific and mm-hmm. that the kids parents and loved ones and everybody and four, yeah, all four I knew fucking that, kids the yeah. dance mates you know I did see that an accident happened mm-hmm. and they cancelled the parade but yeah I, they cancelled it as soon as it ended but I didn't know that the, the girl had died mm-hmm. and so, uh that's terrible and and Marianne Baldwin tweeted about it because she's our fucking mayor still God, we didn't vote for her. Is there some reason you put this back? In? Yeah, because I wanted to talk a little bit. About oh, okay. That's all. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I think that um, the po- the only positive of this story, meaning the script, not the Raleigh story, because I, I understand we, but of this script is I sure hope, and it sounds like everyone in that cabin lost consciousness mm-hmm. and did not suffer, which is wonderful. As wonderful what, as such a horrible thing can be. Well, it's the dream, it's the, right? It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate silver lining. Yes, is what it is. It sure is. It sure is. And um, something that I've kind of been dealing with, and this is Rachel gets vulnerable and tries not to cry. Corner <laughs> is that I got to see my grandpa last weekend. Um, who is on hospice, and he is at the end stages of his life. And the thing that I'm very grateful for is he is not suffering. And we have done so many stories. And his suff- in any potential future suffering is being managed, right? There are people who can be called and immediately mm-hmm. come to his aid. And uh, there's medications that can be given to him and everything, which is wonderful. And there are, we've done countless stories where... People don't get that. Oh, yeah. And that's horrific. Um, 
and I have been thinking a lot about sort of the concept of suffering and just how horrible that is. And I would just like to say that I'm very glad that that's not what's happening to my grandpa. It's, it is what's happening to the rest of us who are left behind, but we can handle it. We can deal with it. Um, so that's all. That's all. That's where I'll stop because otherwise I won't be. I won't be terribly coherent. So I shouldn't have done that. I, <laughs> I clapped my I'm hands and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, don't clap, Rachel. You have stitches in your hand. You like really clap too. Like I I, that but might. Pick you heard up, the pop. I did. That might pick up on the microphone, and I was just like, why did you do that? That was my. Because I forget sometimes <laughs> that I have an entire bandage on my hand. You're and just my... like smack. <laughs> I was just like, that couldn't have felt good. What did the five fingers say to the five <laughs> yeah, fingers? Smack. <laughs> yeah, you can here, still you see. Might, you might want to take that uh, that medication I'm, you prescribed. I'm you. fine. Yeah, it's no. really getting a lot better. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. You might have just made it a lot worse, though. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I didn't even. Hey, for the record, guess which person in sitting in this room mm-hmm. wanted to see, like, oh, hey, Doc. Can you take pictures of my hand when it's opening? Because I kind of want to see it. Oh, sorry, we don't take pictures, but I can show it to you. Like lower the curtain if you want. And he's like, "Okay, do you want to? Do you want me to lower the curtain?" I'm like, "Do I?" <laughs> and then he just did it. I was like, yeah, "Okay." And then of course you do. He was like, "Okay, we'll go, through, go ahead. We'll go through this together." He's like, "That's your tendon. Move your finger." And I moved my finger. He's like, "See, that's your tendon moving." I was like, "Cool, thanks." <laughs> So I have seen... Just like RoboCop. I have seen the inside of my wrist. I have seen the inside of my finger. Inside my palm. Very right. cool. Life is good. Life is good. And on that note... Oh, yeah. We're definitely we're definitely ending. That was the 1999 South Dakota Learjet crash. This has been another episode of All oh, That. Oh, by Things. Jessica. Sorry. Oh, I'm yeah. So I'm sorry. sorry. No, that's okay. Um, that is correct. By Jessica G. Thank you, Jessica. Excellent job. Very good. And great topic. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So that was the 1999 (laughs) South Dakota Learjet crash. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.